Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. I want to mention that some guests and Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Ruth's Chris is currently open for takeout and delivery Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, the delivery is done through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Eltoff will take care of you at Roos Chris Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. Without further ado, uh, we are going to go to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling with no overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. The Edmonton Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and we are in a uh, pandemic world, which means there's no fans. And as a result, John, we're, uh, we're robbed one of the uh, great experiences in hockey anywhere, which is the arrival of the Montreal Canadiens. Do they still have the same legacy, even though they haven't been a team? Uh, there's been no Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup since they last did in 1993. Yeah, and just three years three years after the Oilers won their last Stanley Cup, um, that's interesting, Bob. I, I you know, I, I think that the, the the legacy of the Canadians to their fans will remain, uh, and and. I think for one real reason, and, and that is uh, the red sweaters are, to me, uh, as good a sweater uh, in any sport um, for a player to wear. You know, when, when I think of Montreal's reds, uh, I think of Yankee pinstripes. I think of Celtics green. Lakers, uh, Jack Kent Cook called it royal blue, but it was purple. Um, I think of the tradition of of the franchise and over a hundred years, and I I don't think when when they skate out on the ice in those reds, there is something so special. The red just jumps at you, and I think that's a big part of their 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 aura uh, and their legacy. You know, the funny thing is, and we you know. You, you're allowed to have more than one or two feelings in life or one or two interests. And, you know, I mean, I took political science in university and was a horrendous student, uh, not very disciplined. But the fact of the matter is I've always had an interest in politics. and I haven't always liked what I've seen out of the province of Quebec at times. But I love 
going there. I love I, I love the experience in the building. We do our Oilers now road trips with Dennis and Jason Laliberti and the folks at New West Travel. And Montreal is a must stop. It's an easy sell. We do it every three or four years. Fans love it. You go into that building. I love having French Canadian reporters on our show talking about the game because the passion and the love they have for it. Like we have a unique situation here in Northern Alberta. We really do. It's you know this. It's night and day difference in terms of the numbers and the tunage and the listenership between, say, Edmonton and Calgary and, and the, the brand that the Oilers have. And we have unbelievable fans that kept the building full during very difficult times. But you know what? Montreal, is, it's, it's, it's a religion there too, isn't it? Is that maybe part of what makes that legacy so special? Part of it. You know, I, I, and, I mean, I think that... Um I think Edmonton fans and Montreal fans have a lot more in common than people realize, uh, and and I and I think it's the knowledge of the game that they have, and the expectation that they have, and the demand they have for quality hockey, um, and and you know I mean Montreal went through some hard times as well in the in the late 90s uh, and the early 2000s, just like the Oilers did, uh, and you know the. The fans came back in, in droves when the when the team performed. There there is a there's a spe, there is a special bond and and it, it goes deep between these two franchises in so many ways and I, I think there's a mutual respect in so many ways but there's also a grand rivalry which which you have to love I, and it, you know just just off the top of my head a lot of it. It started with with a relationship that people will laugh at, and, and there's lots of people that won't understand it. But the relationship between Glenn Sather and Red Fisher, two of the great icons in our game. Obviously, Glenn, everybody in Edmonton understands what his role in, in the Oilers was. And Red Fisher was the, the godfather of hockey writers in North America. Yep. Uh, and and they had an amazing relationship. And Glenn played in Montreal a, a very brief time, but there was an instant bond there and, until Red passed away. Uh, and uh, and uh, and Glenn will will always tell you with a smile on the face how much how much fun and and he enjoyed and learned from Red Fisher. And that's that's where the the bond and and the relationship between these two franchises is so deep. Um, there are so many stories like that. Danny Gallivan and Wayne Gretzky. Uh, there are so many. I mean, Dick Irvin and what he did. Uh, over the years, with with the Oilers winning Stanley Cups, it, it's it's a uh, it's a really unique relationship between these two franchises. That uh, you're right, it, it's disappointing that there aren't people in the building to enjoy it. Uh, but it's it's one of those ones that uh, that you're you're. you're Solid in the knowledge that it will continue well after the pandemic ends. I re- just Dick Irvin. I remember after the Rangers won the '94 Cup, he was interviewing in the room Glenn Anderson, and he goes, "Well, you know, this is your fifth Stanley Cup." And uh, Glenn goes, and just kind of matter of factly, actually, Dick, it's my sixth. And Dick looked at uh, Glenn Anderson and said, "Yeah, well, this is my 43rd." And so <laughs> just right. And, uh, and actually, that was an interesting relationship. Those two guys. Well, very interesting relationship. Because yes. explain uh, why? Explain why? Well, um, as I recall, one of the uh, Oilers Stanley Cup championships, Glenn doused Dick with beer in the dressing room after the game, and Dick never forgave him. Now, Dick will tell you that that's not true, but uh, I know for a fact it is. And and. 
and uh, it, it bothered it bothered Dick for a long period of time. And uh, I, you know, the politics of hockey are are interesting. And so, uh, you know, and and you know, there was no coincidence. I think that uh, when. Uh, when Glenn Anderson got in the Hall of Fame, then one of uh, Dick's favorite guys, Dick Duff, who was a comparable style player with comparable style numbers and and championships, got into the got into the Hall of Fame the next year. So that, it's uh, it's interesting how that was the, our, our little hockey world works. Uh, Bob. Well, the other part I was going to mention about Red Fisher because uh, you know there's there's people out there that are like, oh, hold your horses on Ryan McLeod and. And I, my feeling is that the game has slightly changed, and now players can they're they're better equipped <laughs> than ever before. Well, you know what, Red, Red, maybe you can explain to our listeners. Well, Red, Red Fisher, Red Fisher would not talk to a player in his rookie year in the National Hockey League. He would not talk to him. Not interview him. Didn't care what he thought. He had to pay his dues, uh, and you're right. The world has changed uh, a, a great deal. Um, you, you know, when uh, all those years that I was, you know, while you were in high school, Bob, I was, I was producing Oilers hockey. Uh, we would invariably have at least one or two uh, midweek regional games on ITV, uh, which is now global, um, in Montreal. And uh, it was the easiest, and we used to have to program the whole show. It wasn't just you, you did the you did the game, and then the guys in Toronto did the uh, did the studio. We we produced everything on site in the arena yeah. at the forum. Uh, and our easiest nights were the nights where Tim Spellacy, is still a grand old friend of mine, uh, would sit and we'd put Dick Irvin and Red Fisher together, and it was like two old. Ladies sitting uh, sitting at the uh, at the at the bus stop, just talking about life, and it was glorious, glorious television. Simple, effective, and fun. And between the two of them, almost a hundred years of hockey in their lineage, uh, and they told great stories. And we walked out of the building with a smile on our face because Dick Irvin and Red Fisher made us feel how much more to love the game. Now, you do realize when you refer to my high school years, that's about a six-year window. Well, <laughs> as you know, as you often said, grade nine, the worst three years of your life. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, somehow still made it to university. Still trying to figure out how that happened. Well, that's because the bus went. That's right. Well, and speaking of transportation, what was Eddie Shore's line? The only reason why I got past grade four is I loaned the teacher my car. That's, that's still a best line. All right, John Shannon joining us. John, um, it, it, just to McLeod for a second here. Yeah. You know, 14 goals, 28 points, last 23 games, leading the American Hockey League in plus minus. Uh, you know, I, I, and I, I don't want to take away from the here and now. The Oilers have got a team. Anything can happen this year. they got two of the best players in the world. But I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm pretty excited. And we've already got people texting because I said Bouchard's playing full-time next season. There's no question that's happening. And people are like, well, what's going to happen? Are they they got to re-sign Barry or they got to re-sign Larson or they're not going to trade. And I'm, and I'm just saying they got, you know, Bouchard's going to be on the team full-time this, uh, start of next year playing. McLeod's going to be playing full-time next year. I think Benson starts the t- season next year at the team. And then we have Holloway and Broberg coming. And I think fans should be excited because this is a different count. Like, the Oilers are in a different spot as this goes on because they've got some legitimate higher-end players that they're going to be adding to their group. Your thoughts on that? With cost certainty. I mean, uh, you, all the things you're talking about are the, the tangible measures. But remember, all these guys are on... 
Uh, well, maybe Benson won't be by then, but entry-level deals still. Uh, and and so it gives Kenny some cost certainty for at least a little while, which would be which would be good. You know, it's funny. I I, um, I I know Ryan and his older brother Mikey pretty well. They 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 grew up not far from where I live, uh, here in in Toronto. So they're they're neighborhood kids for me, uh, which is kind of exciting to to know. And and, and having watched Ryan play his junior hockey, um, in uh, in Mississauga, so it's uh, it's one of those things where. Um, those, the extra year or two in the American League has paid off for him, you know, to learn how to play the pro game, uh, to learn how to play the same system that the Oilers play with Jay Woodcroft doing what he has to do for the club. I mean, that valuable lessons for the for a young guy like Blakey Hood. Things came easy for him in junior hockey, as it does for most stars in junior hockey. For him to go and and go to Bakersfield and, and make a difference. And I, I, I love the fact that they're bringing him up now. because And we've, 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 t- we've touched on this a billion times, Bob. When the Oilers get to the playoffs, depth and, and, the, and having people on the taxi squad or, or, you know, on the black aces that can come in and contribute, that's going to be one of the measures of how far you go in the playoffs. You're going to need eight or nine or maybe even ten defensemen. You're going to, you're going to need more than 12 forwards. You know, there's this. This is one of those things that, that it, introducing him back into the NHL game and giving him a chance to play before the the season ends. Uh, you know, in middle of May, uh, is a really smart idea by this organization. And, and and you do have to wonder if there's going to be a couple more come up before the end of the season for this very reason. Well, we don't know if the AHL is going to play playoffs. I'm led to believe the players aren't that enthralled about. Remember, once the season's over, regular season's over, salaries, that's it. And a lot of the guys don't want to pay rent beyond the month of May. And so, and it's only going to be divisional playoffs. Have you heard anything on that front at all? Are we looking at they just play their 40 game regular season? Because I do know, John, once the NHL playoffs start, you can recall anybody beyond that point in Adam in this one year. Yes, you can. Um, I have not heard, but I mean, obviously, the you know the cost of playing hockey is is, is difficult at times when you're on a, a salary that is what what sometimes one tenth of what you will make in the National Hockey League. Yes, uh, and that's uh, that's a factor that uh, I think that uh, that all of the uh, all of the, the developmental leagues in every sport have had to face. Uh, but it, it, it's an interesting one, and, and we don't know we, we don't know if if there will be Calder Cup playoffs at all this year. I think if uh, Scott Housen had his way, the answer would be yes. But uh, it's going to be difficult to find the money in order to do it. I'm not. I, I, I can guarantee you there will be a, a point where some of the owners may not be very excited about r- running their team. Um, mind you, in the United States. You can start. To, you're starting to put people in buildings. Things are different there than they are in our country right now, Bob. And you you never know how that's going to impact things. But certainly, the cost of living uh, without a without a paycheck is something that uh, that has to be a concern. Yeah, right now in the United States, uh, up to. Uh I think 60% of Americans with one shot, and uh, Canada currently at 26% of Canadians yeah. with one shot. So that and and that's going to bring us to something that I know that uh, Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnson talked about. Is it possible that the Canadian playoff series could be played in the United States in a bubble, or or would you find that surprising? That would shock me. Uh, again, here's here's. <laughs> 
I, I think that that we've had again we've had this discussion. I mean, the NHL is is thinking of everything. They're thinking of every option. You know, the the biggest concern in our country um, is is the variant and how the variant is is controlling things and controlling and dictating. I mean, we're we're in a much more difficult lockdown here in Ontario than you are in Alberta. Uh, there are huge concerns here um, about uh, you know daily uh, cases of, of the, the virus. They're, they're concerned that we could have 20,000 a, a day within two weeks if we don't monitor this better. And certainly the NHL is is taking a hard look at that as well and trying to figure out what is what is best. Uh, there hasn't been any pushback that the NHL is not playing in Ontario, uh, both in Ottawa or in uh, in Toronto. So, so that's not a factor. Uh, but you, I, I would hope that they can at least try to finish the two, the two rounds of playoffs in Canada. But you know what? I think they've they've contemplated every option. You know, and that's the one thing that the pandemic has has forced people to do is you got to have plan one through plan six, and then invoke the one that works most accordingly uh, at the appropriate time. All right. Uh, we're getting texts that are coming in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, where are you getting those numbers from? Ourworldanddata.org. Uh, COVID-19 vaccine doses administered per 100 people. As of yesterday, Canada 26.44, so that's 26%. In the United States, it's 62.61. Uh, so that's an update as of yesterday at ourworldanddata.org. Uh, speaking of... Uh, COVID situations. The Vancouver Canucks and Toronto could have easily won that game. Braden Holpe probably, you know, made about five, ten bell saves in that game. But it was a pretty interesting storyline how the Canucks ultimately got the victory in overtime. You know, it's funny. I was thinking today, uh, the Canucks aren't going to make the playoffs. They're too far behind. Uh, They're too far behind Montreal. I think it's ten points, and they don't have enough. They don't even have games in hand that if they won every one, that they could catch Montreal. So the odds of them being in the playoffs is is, is rather low. Um, but at the same time, you know, they, they they might have won their fans back with the way they played last night and how they played and what they've gone through. Uh, it it it, uh, it it wasn't a very feel good story for twenty three days. And it became a feel-good story last night for I, I think more than Canuck fans. I think I think it, it became the feel-good story in the game of hockey last night uh, in both countries. And I think it got the amount of attention it deserved. Uh, now, the, did the Maple Leafs play well enough to win? Yeah, they probably did. It didn't help that Zach Hyman got knocked out of the game. Although I'm I'm told that he he actually asked to go back in the game. Wow. Um, and the doctor and the doctor said, No, we're going to rest you. We're gonna, the training staff said, No, you're going to take the night off. I would not be surprised to see Hyman back in the lineup tomorrow night against Vancouver. So, so from that perspective, it wasn't all lost for Maple Leaf fans last night. So, from 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 uh, from a pure game perspective, though, that's uh, that's movie script stuff, don't you think, Bob? That was a movie script last night. Holt be playing as well as he did because he has not played well. The team coming from behind to win in overtime. It's. Uh, it, it, it did put a smile on a lot of people's face last night if you're anybody but a Maple Leaf fan. Quick hitter for you. I know you follow uh, President Biden. You're one of his 10 million followers. He just tweeted out 12 minutes ago, everyone 16 and older in America is eligible for the shot today. Go and get them, folks. Wow. 16 yeah. and older in the U.S. All right, well, final 
total curveball with you. And I don't know how much, I know I don't know how big of a European soccer fan you are, but you're a huge sports guy. Ooh. This is a mammoth story in the United or in uh, over in Europe right now uh, involving the Super League, which is trying to guess basically what's trying to freeze out UEFA. Um, Eliminate uh, teams playing uh, their right to play in the Champions League. This and and I wonder what. Like John, I'm just kind of looking through this, going, could this be a precursor of things to come in major international sports outside of soccer? Now, soccer is watched by four billion people on the planet, but this story, I mean, it is three of the four teams, John, that are in the final four for the Champions League, are three of the club sides that are committed to three of the 12 club sides for this new Super League, all hell's going to break loose over there, isn't it? Well, I mean, and there are still three more teams are going to add to the 12. In the end, it's going to be a 15-team league. And I think what they did was they, they threw, threw it up there now in order to try to see who, what other three teams will come forward. Now that that to me will be the interesting part of it. The inter- I mean, the, the politics of world football with FIFA and UEFA are so vastly different than the constitutions that are written by the four major sports leagues in our on our continent that I don't think we can fathom how big this is I really and I'm, I know there are soccer fans in Edmonton that understand this greatly and I'm not trying to demean that but this these guys these 12 teams and, and soon to be 15 going rogue like this they are reinventing the the, the map, and they're, what they're trying to do in, in many ways is is cut the grass of every other team uh, in any country when it comes to media rights, when it comes to uh, you, you know the global the global reach. Uh, it is going to be fascinating, absolutely fascinating, what what comes out of this, and. You know, even at some point, are we going to end up in a court case? Is there going to be another court case? Are we going to have some ruling body decide that, no, these 12 teams can't have a league or and, and see what happens? And we'll just mention Real Madrid, uh, Forbes, their 2020 rankings had them at 4.2 billion. F, uh, FC Barcelona, that's my fi- favorite uh, team over there, yeah. at, four, at 4 billion. And Man United at 3.8. Those are three of the 10 wealthiest teams on the planet. And uh, kind of says a lot. Dallas Cowboys, by the way, five point five billion. That's the value yeah. of the Cowboys. And the Yankees at five million. Yeah, our cost. You know, the the, the league constitutions of of, of the uh, of the four sports are so much more dominant. Yes. Um, that that uh, you know, and the power of the commissioners and and the owners groups. Uh, this wouldn't be allowed. But could you imagine the Edmonton Oilers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, uh, you know, and uh, Jokerit in Helsinki, uh, and uh, Moscow, t- the Red Army in Moscow, St. Petersburg, SKA. I mean, could you imagine a worldwide hockey league starting on its own and independent of the National Hockey League or the KHL? All I can tell you is the, some of the broadcasters would end up permanently mummified with vodka if that was the case, John. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, Bob. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 it's only Monday. It's it, only started, Monday. it started with the media with Red Fisher and uh, Dick Irvin, and it ended with the media. There you go. Look forward to having you on Wednesday, John. Thanks for your 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time. Okay, Bob. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 12.56 in Edmonton. When we come back in orders now, we'll get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Ryan Newton Hopkins will skate tomorrow. They'll see how he does. Could be an option for Wednesday, but remember, the Oilers have four days off before they play Winnipeg on Monday. Uh, coming off, taking that headshot from Thomas Shabbat. All right, as promised, we're going to get to NHL today. It is brought to you daily on Oilers Now by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, company-branded apparel, products, and awards, all created in-house. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Edmonton owned and operated. Here's Brendan Escott. Seven other games around the league tonight with your other Canadian content down the QE2. The Flames hosting the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Alex Edler, a hearing with the Department of Player Safety this afternoon for his knee-on-knee hit on Zach Hyman last night. He was given five in a game on the play while Hyman left, did not return. Patrick Marlowe will pass Gordy Howe for the most all-time NHL games played tonight with his 1,768th. New Jersey signing 2020 first-rounder Alexander Holtz to his three-year entry-level deal. Bakersfield took two wins over the weekend. Seth Griffith had the lone goal of a 1-0 win against Henderson. And then Ryan McLeod basically played himself out of the AHL. Two goals and a helper in uh, Saturday's 5-1 win over San Diego. They've got two more against Henderson this week, tomorrow and Thursday. Your Oil Kings moved to 14-1-0-1 and took two of three from the Lethbridge Hurricanes this weekend, losing only in a shootout on Saturday night. Now those two teams scheduled for three more games this upcoming weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. And we'll note as well, Dylan Gunther, Bob, tied for second overall in Bob McKenzie's midseason draft ranking behind Michigan's Owen Power. And Sebastian Kosa, uh, 14th. There has not been a goaltender on a Canadian major junior hockey go since t- uh, from Canada since uh, Malcolm Subban went late in the first round of 2012. Kosa's going middle of the first round which might take him out of the Oilers' range. All right, uh, here's what we'll do. We'll do the Oilers now. Injury report uh, for James H. Brown at about 125. Quick, uh, yeah, we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Come back with Mark and Twong Godin from The Athletic when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.